0: Appalachian Commercial Real Estate, providing professional commercial real estate services. Visit AppalachianCRE.com. The businesses you see every day, especially the ones that have been around for a while, they make it look so easy at times. What you don't see draped under a 40th anniversary banner is a detailed description of the early years and just how hard it was at times to take an idea and turn it into a successful business reality. One of the high country's most successful automotive repair shops almost didn't survive those early times, and now they find themselves as an industry leader in everything from developing skilled laborers to how to unearth talent in a complex workforce. The story of Lucas Underwood and LNN Performance Automotive Repair, the subject of this week's Mind Your Business, a presentation of the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce, and presented to you each week by our find friends at Appalachian Commercial Real Estate and UNC Health Appalachian. I am David Jackson, President and CEO of the Chamber. Thank you for joining us this week. We've got a good one for you. This will resonate with everyone that's ever started a business and perhaps even inspire those who are struggling right now through some of those rough and tumble times of just getting off the ground. We've got a great conversation and story sharing session coming up with Lucas Underwood. He is President of LM and end Performance Automotive Repair. that's located right there in the Tweetsie Railroad Complex, I'll call it. You got Mystery Hill on one side, Tweetsie and High Gravity Adventures on the other side, and right in the middle of it is that automotive repair shop. And you wouldn't believe what goes on inside those walls. We're going to tell you a little bit about that. But we're also going to hear the story of a guy who was ready to throw in the towel on his own dream of owning and running his own shop. Now he serves as an industry leader on policy, Workforce recruitment, the aspects of running today's modern automotive repair shop, all of that, he is an expert and it almost didn't happen. You might not own a shop, you might own a bakery or a retail store or a kitchen table craft making business. There's something in this conversation for you, I promise persistence, confidence, being honest about where you are and where you want to go. The end result of Lucas's path is that he's now at the forefront of conversations about workforce development in a talent dependent industry. He's on the cutting edge of technology. He's helping others get their dreams started all because he found out how to run his own shop rather than thinking he knew what he was doing. It's a fascinating story goes a lot of different directions, so try your best to keep up with us. Now, someone who appreciates the wide variety of things that go on on the Underwood compound, I'll call it, Appalachian Commercial Real Estate. They provide professional commercial real estate services here in the Boone area. In addition to being the fine weekly sponsor of this program, they provide sales, leasing, consulting, and appraisal services to owners and users of commercial real estate. For more information, check out their website, appalachiancre.com. A few quick chamber notes for you before we hear from Lucas. Tickets on sale and moving fast for the spirit of Boone. That's the Boone Area Chamber of Commerce 74th Annual Membership Gathering, September 21st, the date. It will be held in the Grandview Ballroom at Kid Brewer Stadium. Full details available at boonechamber.com a lot less information, a lot more celebration. We hope you come and help us honor our nine community award winners and have a night of fun in the process. Again, details about Spirit of Boone, available at boonechamber.com Last but not least, we ask you again to mark those calendars, August 29th that is our public ribbon cutting ceremony for the brand new Schaefer Family Patient Care Tower at Watauga Medical Center that of course is part of the UNC Health Appalachian family. Join us at 5, we'll have brief remarks outside the building. We'll cut the ribbon at 530 and you can check out and see for yourself the benefits of the healthcare system's commitment to providing exceptional care right here in the high country region. That new patient care tower was designed to improve patient flow, safety, privacy, all cornerstones of healthcare excellence here in the 21st century. The emergency department, imaging, diagnostics, surgery suites, all located right there together to ensure time-saving and efficient care continuity. UNC Health Appalachian, proud to be your healthcare home right here in the high country. And if you're asking, who is UNC Health Appalachian? That's Appalachian Regional Healthcare System's new name. Listen to this podcast. You'd heard all about it last week. You can actually go and check out that episode if you would like to become more informed. All right, so let's hear about one of those stories that will... Help you know that hope is right around the corner, right? For all of you entrepreneurs and and small business owners out there, you've had moments like Lucas will share. You've overcome things like Lucas has achieved. and, And I think we all hope to be a trusted voice within our industry and somebody that people rely on to maybe provide some of that guidance, whether that's trying to hire a staff, train a staff, or maybe just hang the shingle. You're going to hear a little bit of everything from Lucas Underwood, the president of L&N Performance Automotive Repair, our guest this week on Mind Your Business. Mind Your Business, brought to you by Appalachian Commercial Real Estate, offering sales, leasing, consulting, and appraisal services. Visit AppalachianCRE.com. Well, before we start talking too much about how you are training the staff that you work with and mm-hmm. and help others to do the same I think it'd be great to just get a little bit of a history lesson first on on the shop what what led you to start this business yeah. here in the high country and, and obviously you guys have grown quite a bit here in the very recent term.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'd been in my family business for years and years and years. Mom and Dad have owned Mystery Hill. They they took it over from my dad's father, um, and I grew up in that business. lived here my entire life. And um, you know, as they say, kind of reinventing the wheel, right? Like I, I I was the 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 son that didn't think Dad was doing it the right way. I look back all these years later and say, man, he was a lot smarter than I thought he was. Um, and so I would love diesel trucks. And at the time, a good friend of mine uh, suggested that I start a show. We were selling diesel parts, and she said, hey, look, I think you ought to start a shop. You ought to do this. And we had found that nobody was in the area installing those performance parts on the trucks that we were selling. So we started there, and we started installing those parts. Uh, As things developed with the business, I saw a weakness in our community in, in some way that there wasn't anybody who could handle the advanced testing or the advanced diagnostics on the diesel trucks or even the automobiles. And so I decided that I was going to develop that skill to be able to fix and test the things that others, you know, maybe they didn't want to work on that, that particular model or something that complex. And so I, I developed a skill in that area. As things progressed, right, um, 2011, I had a little girl. And by 2015, I walked in one night to my wife and I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I said, I'm not making any money. This is super stressful. I'm not being the dad I want to be. I'm not being the husband I want to be. And she said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to train to be the best technician I can be. I'm going to go get a job somewhere. And she said, well, it's really funny he said that. She held up this postcard for a local event in Cary, North Carolina. I went to that event and really quickly learned that I didn't know how to run a business. You know, I, I, I thought I did, and I thought that the job of fixing cars was running an auto repair business. And so uh, I go to this class and and the first thing they said was that client service doesn't have anything to do with how you feel about the clients. And and so it was an eye opener for me. And the next class, a gentleman says, you know, listen, I know you don't feel like you have the time or the money to be here, but I promise there's a better way to do this. Many of you are trying to reinvent the wheel. If you'll sit here and listen to me for 10 minutes, I can show you a better way to run your business. And from that point on, we've been on a growth uh, trajectory that that is just phenomenal. And and a lot of that is because we have a good team in place. And so, um, you know, we started in 2007. We stayed in that three-bay barn up there right next to Mystery Hill. And uh, just this November, we opened a 10-bay facility. It is uh, air-conditioned. It's heated. It has the biggest and most advanced lifts and uh, testing equipment available in the high country in that that facility. So uh, it's a really neat opportunity to serve our community. But we've also grown in other ways, right? So I'm uh, hosting a podcast, Changing the Industry podcast, which is just for automotive shops, technicians, service advisors, shop owners. I'm part of a 501c3 that looks to improve and help the automotive industry across the board. I'm also a board member for ASTA, the Automotive Service and Tire Alliance here in North Carolina, and the AASP, or Automotive Service Professionals Board. I'm their vice president of the national organization here.
0: I I think that that part of it is is so intriguing because you've immediately taken what you've learned and applied that to helping others. And we're going to talk about that more here in in just a moment. But I want to go back to something that you were talking about before and and going to that class and and kind of. Going under the hood, so to speak, pun yeah. intended, of course, uh, to, to find out that there were things about running your business that you could do more efficiently, you could do differently. When you brought that knowledge back, because I'm sure that there are some that are listening to this that are like, you know, yeah. I, I don't do something in the automotive world. I do a thing over here, but it's all about trying to figure out a way to make the business side yeah. work. Versus just doing the thing or making the absolutely. Thing. What, what were those two or three things maybe that that you brought back immediately that were just those game changing, eye opening um, moments that that all of a sudden made your business a business and not the absolutely. paperwork behind doing the
1: work that you were doing. So so there were a lot of things, right? But but probably the biggest thing for me was is that that there was a quote that was brought up from the e-myth written by Michael Gerber. And she's talking or he's talking to a a lady who owns a bakery. And she said, for gosh sakes, I just want to bake cupcakes. And he said, if you want to bake cupcakes, for God's sakes, go to get a job somewhere baking cupcakes, because the job of business owner is not baking cupcakes. It's not what the business does. Your job is to manage and grow a business which bakes cupcakes. They're not the same jobs. Recognize the difference in the two jobs. And so one of the big things that I learned coming back was, is what is the business's potential? I learned that I wasn't alone. I learned that there are other people doing business just like I am, and they have systems, processes, policies, and procedures laid out that work. And all too often when we're in our business, we're we're out putting out those fires. We're too busy dealing with the problems that are in the business. But what we never see, David, is that those problems don't go away if we don't develop a strategy that doesn't invite the problems. So we can be out here all day long dealing with that client on the phone, dealing with the problem with the employee, fixing the problem in the business. But a lot of times it's our process. It's our system that developed the problem to begin with. And so if we can come up with a system that eliminates part of those problems, we can gain that time back that allows us to go back to running the business. And, and you know, I tell people all the time, it's one thing to say that I'm a business owner, but the reality of it is, is can you steer a ship from the engine room? No, you can't see where you're going. And so if you're down in the engine room doing the work that the business does, you're going to have a hard time having that 30,000 foot view of where your business is right now and the trajectory that you want it to be on. You know, Jim Fannin, known as a goal coach, right? There's tons of videos on YouTube about him. He said something that's always spoken to me, and I remember it very, very often. He said, a true champion doesn't go from A to B in their mind when they have a plan for their business. He said they go to B and they chronologically illuminate a path back to A so they can pinpoint where it is they want to be. And that means that we've got to know where we're going. We have to have a destination. We have to know what our potential is. And I think that's the biggest thing I learned about my business is I had way more potential than I ever realized I had. Nobody had ever shared it with me, though. So I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. So you just outlined a moment ago that you grew to
0: a 10-bay shop from a three-bay shop. Uh, yeah. Immediately, there are people out there that are saying, well, you had to hire some people. Yeah. And and that means in a very skilled um, uh, business that you're in, those have to be skilled laborers. Absolutely. How have you gone through not only hiring in the short term to satisfy that need, but but I, I also know that you have approached this from more of an industry building perspective. Uh, uh, way, if you will, and For sure. thinking about how you can see the next generation of technicians and the next generation of a highly skilled labor force. what got you down that road, and how you found success there?
1: Well, you know, we we started in a couple different ways here, and and the first was is that I had I had always been trying to hire locally, and I found that that many of the the components of what I needed for this business. You know, when we talk about high end diagnostic work or high end testing work, we're not talking about the standard rich wrench turning mechanic of the 1950s, right? We're talking about disassembling computers out of your car that have 5, 10, 15 networks attached to them in some cases, and we're actually deciphering that data. We're we're connecting to the chipset on the board itself and communicating with that chip and writing hexadecimal data to that chip, right? And so... A lot of times when we we envision a, a automotive technician or mechanic, we're not thinking about the fact that this is an extremely skilled, almost electronics engineer level position. And so I started looking outside of the high country to fill some of these positions. Eric, who is uh, our lead technician, came from New York City. And so we, we built a network and we told people what we were doing and we were open about everything, right? We were super transparent. We said, hey, we're not always doing the best in this area, but we're looking to grow and build the business. And we want people who can be part of this transformation into something bigger and better. And so we reached and approached a, a whole different demographic of skilled laborers who had been in shops that weren't being treated the way they thought they should be treated. They they didn't have the experience that we would want an employee to have. And they said, wow. You're really doing this different. The fact that you're transparent and and you're saying this openly on the internet uh, is is huge. It gives us an opportunity to kind of see what you're doing and what your what your heart is in this, if you will. So we hired out of the high country and and brought some folks in. Have a guy from Florida. Have a guy from New York. Just brought a guy in from Raleigh. But that being said, we don't want to stop. With with folks out of town and not bring those in our community into the shop and grow them and teach them uh, and develop them as well. We have more positions available. So we said, hey, look, let's let's start looking at apprenticeships. Right. We have very skilled technicians here, probably the top two to five of, percent of skill in the entire nation. I'm not bragging on. them; They're just really good at what they do. And, and I think it's a, a, a problem that we're seeing nationwide that they're not able to teach that to the next generation. And, and David, I think a, re- a reason for that is is because shops are production machines. And their owners often look at it and say, I've got to get this work done. This consumer needs their vehicle back. This consumer needs this product completed ASAP. I've got to push. I've got to get this done. But the issue that I saw was is if we're doing that and we're pushing that hard, there's no chance for them to pass that knowledge down to the next generation. And so we started developing a system where we could bring in apprentices into the shop. They're paid well. They're in really good money. They have benefits. They get tools. They get a free two-year um, uh, associated, uh, associated. I can't remember the exact term for it, but it, it's basically a two-year degree in the automotive field through Caldwell. Lots of opportunity here to grow. And, and it's designed and set up to where they can pull and, and generate knowledge directly from someone with experience that has time to sit there with them and teach them and guide them.
0: You know, I don't think any of us have the the hexadecimal wrench in our toolkit. Uh, Absolutely. At least right now. Yeah. Um, but, but with that, are, are you finding that as you're getting into – a computer age or, or mm-hmm. working even farther down that path. I know the automotive industry has been there for quite some time, yeah. but but you're able to use that as a recruiting tool of today's generation yes. because those yes. those kids are growing up with iPads. They're growing up with cell phones. They're, they're content creators more than we ever thought about being at, at right. our young age. Is it an easier sell now because you can say, hey, you've been messing with these things all your life. Now I'll allow you to do that and work on a car at the same time.
1: Absolutely. And I, here's the thing is, I, I think it is if we're taking that opportunity to be in front of them, right? If we're not in front of them, they don't know that. And and I, I had a great experience when we started working with Watauga uh, in the automotive program because I watched the, the staff at Watauga High, you know, they got this amazing automotive instructor in there that really knew what he was doing and had a passion for it. And then I watched them begin to understand just how advanced the automotive field is. And then I watched the students pour in because they were so excited about seeing this new technology. You know, I guess it was five years ago now that, that Mary Barra said in the next 10 years we'll see more technology – implemented in the automobile than we've seen in the past 100 years. And so we're seeing the effects of that right now. We're seeing cars with 5, 6, 10 networks in them, 150, 160 modules in some cases. Your doors and windows will not work without a computer attached to them telling them what to do. And and you know, many of the trades have have shied away from that and said, I, "Look, I'm I'm not interested in learning something new. I'm not interested in developing this." we've tried to embrace that. We've tried to work with the schools to make sure they're embracing that because the next generation pulls up the iPad, they pull up the scan tool and they can look at it and they can comprehend the data that's there, right? Mm-hmm. And so just like teaching, you know, your your senior parents to use a computer, David, I don't know if you've ever tried that. It's tough. <laughs> but you know, when you get into a situation where you give a youngster that new technology, it makes sense to them. And it's easier to train and develop that younger technician own this new technology than it is our our previous generations, and so we've got to stop shying away from it. We've got to give them the tools, the training, the opportunities they need to grow in this. I, I could
0: never get my dad past the Kansas River on Oregon Trail. I mean, he, he could just never. <laughs> we talked never about that, do that the other day, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, if you could give some advice to uh, a, a business that that has an opportunity like you do, you know, you you've talked a lot about apprenticeships connecting with local education partners, be that Caldwell yeah. Community College, Batauga High School, you've got of two course. great resources just down the street from you in that regard. But but for that business that might not necessarily be automotive, but has similar linkages, yeah. what were the, the hurdles that you were able to get yourself past that allowed this new renaissance, if you will, of being able to train skilled workers to supplement what you were doing? Was there a, a point in time that you remember I just got to get past this thing or I've got to get past yeah. myself in this way. Could you yeah. offer any advice to maybe help somebody knock down a similar wall?
1: A- absolutely. And, and the biggest one for me was is, is you have to allow them to make mistakes. As a business owner, we take our client experience very seriously. We all do. And, and it can be so tough to recognize that a team member made a mistake. And and as a business owner, I'm going to tell you something. I've I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds. I, I get probably 200 emails a week from auto repair shop owners. And I understand how much we care about the business. But I'm going to tell you something. You will forgive yourself for something that you won't forgive your employee for. You will give yourself a reason that it's okay that you made that mistake. And you often have amnesia when it comes to the same mistake they made that you made years ago. You forgot about it. And you understand I mean, I know it can be embarrassing, especially if you have to tell a client about it. But the reality is, is this is how we learn and grow. If we don't have an opportunity to make a mistake, then we don't have an opportunity to grow. I'm going to tell you the other thing is that it is really uncomfortable bringing a new young generation into your facility and beginning to teach them. And I'm going to, to make it extraordinarily clear for you, you will not grow in your comfort zone. You have to get outside of your comfort zone if you're going to grow. And that is one of the big things that I learned is that it was not necessarily comfortable to bring new people in and have them question why I did what I did. It, it was not comfortable to take them and put them in these training classes. Sometimes I was using the revenue that I needed to keep the business doing what it was doing to make sure they had the training they needed or buying them new tools wasn't always comfortable but I knew that we had to get out of the comfort zone to see the growth that we wanted to see.
0: You know, I I think you also brought up a point uh, a few moments ago about the value of, of networks within your industry. Can you speak a a bit as to why it is that you've gotten involved in some of these associations and what you basically are, or what you've been able to benefit from the most in talking to others about what it is they do that, that might be similar to what you do.
1: You know, I'm going to tell you one of the toughest things that, that, I experienced was was the need to come out and say, I don't know what I'm doing, right? And when I encountered enough information, enough data to recognize that I had unconscious incompetence, right? I didn't have a clue I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to run a business. When I acknowledged that, I recognized that I didn't ever want anybody to feel like I felt In those beginning times of the business, I I knew that I wanted to be out telling people there was a better way, sharing it in a way that they would be receptive to it. Right. And so I got involved with some Facebook groups and those groups were shop owners. They were technicians. And I began to share my experience with them. And they started sharing their experiences with me. They weren't always kind about it, right? They weren't always as, as polished as, as I would have liked to have seen. But when I got involved with those groups and I got involved with ASTA here in North Carolina, It gave me the ability to see there were multiple different ways to run a business. There were multiple different ways to train people. And it gave me an opportunity to really dig in and look at my business in a different way and begin to implement things that I hadn't even thought about. Ideas, strategies, offerings that we didn't offer before. And, you know, in all of that, as I became more involved with it, we started seeing more and more opportunities for training. You know, it's just like the chamber. If you're not taking advantage of the offerings, they can't continue to offer those. They can't continue to bring you training if you don't go to the training. And so we started going to more and more training. They developed more training for us. And that's probably the biggest thing is it gives us an opportunity to train our people at an extremely high level. We're talking about training that that manufacturers and dealers don't provide in their dealerships. Right here in North Carolina, we've been slated as the place to train for automotive in the United States today. How cool is that? And it it takes us being involved. So that's probably the biggest thing that I got from it.
0: We're going to take a quick break. More of our chat with Lucas Underwood of L&N Performance Automotive Repair is still to come after this word from our sponsor. Appalachian Commercial Real Estate provides professional commercial real estate services in the Boone area. They provide sales, leasing, consulting, and appraisal services to owners and users of commercial real estate. For more information, go to their website at AppalachianCRE.com. What do you see if a community were to take uh, a community mindset toward that, that professional development, uh, whether that's the professional development of the business or the staff of the business or both uh, in, in the perfect case, what what advances If the entire community buys into that and you're able to create that expectation that that a particular area is a cradle of of passing on knowledge, passing on experience and, and leading the opportunity. Is that something that you've thought about in the way that you've scaled your business that if I can just get some people to come along, we could really create something special here in terms
1: of skill development? Absolutely, and and you know, look. Here's the deal: is is one of the big things. Uh, a man named Tim Kite. If you ever get a chance, search him up on YouTube. He's got a great leadership video. If you ever get a chance, go watch it. But he he says leaders have to be on journeys because they're not going to follow you just anywhere, right? We need to be on a journey. We need to be going somewhere. And so, he, if if we're going to talk about growing a community, and and we want to be this transparent force of knowledge. Man, I am going to tell you right now, if you will get out and you will become involved and you get that that figurehead of, hey, we're going to have the best training, you know what happens? The best trainers start to come to your community. The, The best networking comes to your community. You get involved and you realize many of these businesses operate the exact same way. So it doesn't matter if it's automotive, if it's construction, whatever it is. This engagement and this networking, it is unbelievable, To see how much a group of people can develop into powerhouse businesses, when they will be transparent and communicate, share their struggles, share their fears, you will see explosive growth. And when people are coming to your community and and seeking you out because your community is doing amazing things, man, it's such a good feeling, but it, it gives you opportunity that you never would imagine you'd have. So eight years
0: removed from kind of the renaissance moment that that sparked all of this. What does your next eight years look like?
1: Uh, so, you know, I, I've considered multiple locations. I've considered many different things about what we could do with the business. We've considered employee ownership. That's something that's been big on my heart recently. Um, and succession planning, you know, I'm, I'm 38. But, you know, if we start planning for that right now and what that looks like years down the road, right now we're looking at ways. And and it it's a tough subject for many, but we're looking at ways, especially in the skilled trades, of how do we take an older team member who's been wrenching their whole life and doing heavy manual labor, what, where do we take them next, right? The automotive field's not been real good about providing retirements, and we've not been good about providing medical insurance and, and uh, vision, dental, things like that. That's things that we do here at the shop, but what position do we have for them? as they become uh, a little bit older and they can't do the same tasks they were able to do. Maybe their health goes downhill a little bit. And so those are the directions that I want to take my business right now. And then I want to continue to teach shop owners to do this their way, but a better way, if that makes sense. I don't want anyone to feel the way I felt uh, when when I was struggling with the business. So I want to continue to develop this leadership and, and thought process that we have here in our shop and other shops around the country.
0: I, I gotta ask you this question before we we get to the end of our time together. Uh, you know you've got a business that that certainly has been very dynamic. You've talked about being able to get people from outside of the area to come and join you on your team. I'll ask a simple question: why here w- other than your family tie uh, yeah. which may have gotten you started, you could have probably taken this thing anywhere what what is it that's kept this growing very um, technically savvy business in an area that, that, you know, you pull around the corner. Sometimes you wouldn't expect to see something so skillfully developed, uh, in this particular area all the time.
1: You know, I'm going to tell you something. I, through the podcast and through the things that we've been doing, I've had the opportunity to travel all over the country and boys, am I always excited to get back home? Uh, I love this community, and I, I love the people in this community. Um, you know, years and years and years here, I have built a network of friends and family that I know genuinely care about me. They care about the business, they care about our team, and that's important to me. Um, but I'm going to tell you, small town, uh, small town North Carolina, small town America is no different than any other town anywhere else. Um, I see shops like this in small town America everywhere I go. And it's interesting to see that, that they're well-supported by their community. So if we're talking about a technically advanced business, a business that's growing, a business that has opportunity, that is small-town USA, right? At the end of the day, it's small-town USA. And, and those members of our community... They're in every single community, David. They are the people who make America what it is. You know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I've made a reel recently about this. The skilled trades built this country. They built this economy. And and the economy starts right here in Boone, North Carolina. It starts right here in Blown Rock, North Carolina. It starts right here in Watauga County. It starts at that level. And if we all just flock to big communities, think of the competition you deal with. Think of the other aspects that you deal with. I would rather serve my community, the people who know and like and trust me, and the people that I know, like, and trust here. Those are the people that I've designed my business to serve, and that's Watauga County.
0: Very well said. Couldn't have uh, scripted that any better. Uh, last question that I've got for you, uh, and it, it centers around advice again. You know, we talked a little bit about the, the business owner that's maybe trying to, to get things cleaned up as they look yeah. for that growth opportunity. But if you could share anything with somebody that's maybe thinking about hanging their own shingle for the first time or trying to, to push themselves toward that goal of taking a side hustle and making it mainstream, what, what would you tell them about starting out? Now that you know what you know now after eight, nine years in the business.
1: I, I think step number one is is go ahead and recognize A, it's not always going to be easy. B You know, one of the big things we see in the automotive field is they always say, well, you know, my boss is making all this money. I'd like to go make some of that money myself. You need to understand how a business operates. And that's not how it operates, I promise. Uh, Learn how a business operates, whether that's going up here to Caldwell Community College and getting you some business classes, whether that's shadowing another business owner and understanding what it is they do, whether it's reading some books like the E-Myth. I think that's probably one of the greatest books of all time for business owners, How to Win Friends and Influence People is another great one. Um, lots of different books, Clockwork. Um, I would not dare try and say the man who wrote that book's name. You, you can forget it, David. I, I couldn't pronounce it if I tried. I'm a country boy. Uh, but you've got to understand that running a business and doing the work that the business does are two separate things. There may be a time when you start your business where you have to do it all. I remember in 2011, I was writing service for the business. I was doing the work on the cars. I was cleaning the toilets. I was doing everything that this business did. I watched my parents do that for years and years and years with Mystery Hill. I, I really think, though, that if you can understand the fundamentals of business ownership, business operation, leadership, uh, and developing a system, a strategy for your business, that's the key. Because that's where you're going to find success. The other thing I'll tell you is get in networks where somebody runs a business that that you're interested in. So if you want to start an automotive business, we've got a group called ASOG. Uh, We've got a group called Changing the Industry Podcast. Get in those groups and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask the stupid question. They say there are no stupid questions. I've been on Facebook long enough to know at this point that's just not true. Uh, But I will tell you that if you will get in there and ask the stupid question, if you'll ask the question that that you may not be comfortable to ask here locally, you will get answers and it will help you develop that skill set that you need to be profitable. At the end of the day, the business has to be profitable. You will get into it and you will think, you know what? I just want to help people. It's great to help people. But if you don't have the money to help people, you're not going to help them long. You have to be profitable while you're doing it.
0: Um, uh, I lied. One last question for you. Um, You know, you've been driving uh, to work uh, in the same general vicinity for, for a long time now, obviously with your, with your own business right next door to a family business. What, what, what does that mean to you to be able to, to move down the road a little bit, but still being able to carry on some of that same ability to connect with people, uh, to, to fill a need, satisfy curiosity. Uh, how has that changed your perspective over the years? Uh,
1: you know, I tell people this all the time. I, I remember growing up, um, uh, The, the number of people that would sit back and shake their head at me, right? I was, I was a bit wild and anybody listening to this in this community knows that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, but they would, they would sit back and shake their head at me and, and to be part of a community now that comes in and says, Hey, we're proud of you. You've done a really good job with this. You've done an amazing job with this business. Man, that is so rewarding. And to be able to give back to those people who gave to me has been as rewarding as anything you could ever imagine. Um, you know, some of our really great clients, Mike Shore, right around the corner here at at J&M produce has been a family friend for years and being able to work with him on a daily basis, fixing their vehicles, doing that kind of stuff for them. it, It is the most rewarding thing I could ever imagine. You know, I tell a story about my dad all the time. My dad always used to give, 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 give. And we always got frustrated with him because he was always helping somebody. And I'm like, Dad, we could use that money for this, that, or the other. You know, uh, three months ago, I was in San Diego, California. This man walked up, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, "Your dad saved my life." And I said, "Uh huh." I, I think you got the wrong guy. I'm I'm from North Carolina. He said, "You're you're Wayne Underwood's son, right?" And I said, "Uh oh, <laughs> I am." <laughs> And he said, uh, yeah, he said, I, I was doing community service out there at Appalachian Heritage Museum. And he said, uh, your dad gave me money for a plane ticket and literally the shirt off his back sent me to California because he knew that that I needed a new start. I needed a new direction. He said, I came out here, started a family, started a business. And he said, he literally saved my life. And that is part of being in this community. I'm so honored to be here and I'm so honored to, to be accepted by the business community here in here in Watauga County.
0: Well, you're doing an amazing job, and, and the perspective I think will really resonate with a lot of folks uh, across multiple industries. And and to hear that coming from here, I think speaks uh, in a very powerful way. And uh, certainly appreciate you spending some time with us. Absolutely. I know we'll cross paths again soon, but really thank you for
1: for the opportunity, and and look forward to connecting with you. Thank you so much, buddy. I really appreciate it, and I'll reach out anytime.
0: That does it for this episode of Mind Your Business. Remember to subscribe to this program wherever you get your podcast, or check us out on the Boone area. Chamber of Commerce YouTube channel. For more information, visit us online at boonchamber.com. So long, everybody.